0: That I don't like that. I like that. You gotta like that. Right? My approval ratings keep going up. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. Welcome in. This is Defeating the Curse Live on the Contender Network. My name is Joe. The Washington football team has done the improbable. They have gone on a two-game win streak, and everyone in DC should be celebrating. This is actually a really big deal and over the next hour or so or we'll see how long we can go we'll see how long the contender will let me talk i'm going to i'm going to try to temper expectations there's a lot of playoff talk i'm already hearing on local radio this team is 4 and 6 but before we get into all of that stuff and there's a lot to get into as far as non-game specific things i want to talk about this game and I, and i think there's a lot of lessons learned here for how this team may win games moving forward but before we get into that even show is live on Twitter, it's live on Facebook, it's live on YouTube, and of course on The Contender. You can call in anytime, 855-908-5668. I'm going to leave it up on the crawl so anybody can see it. Feel free to call in. Would love to have uh, folks call in and, and, and chime in on what they saw today. The Washington football team went to Carolina. Half of our show here was picking them to win. The other half was to lose and won, being Stevie was, you know, he was pulling for a tie. And, and I think that had more to do with uh, fan duel bets than it did with uh, the actual product on the field or not on the field. Uh, but regardless, you know, it was kind of a split. We were split in-house. And it's one of these things where, you know, when we look at this team, we are constantly, constantly reassessing, do we have our quarterback of the future? I think at this point, it's safe to say, no, we do not. Do we have our potential running back of the future? Maybe he keeps putting the ball on the carpet, but you know, overall Antonio had a pretty good game. Do we have you know pieces for the offensive line offensively? I mean, outside of Terry McLaurin, is there any other piece that really has been solidified? You know, over the first ten games of the season, I think it's debatable. I think it's debatable to be honest. But a two-game win streak is a big deal, especially this late in the season. And I will add that I think it's a big deal that they actually, you know, given who they beat. Look at who they beat in the last couple of weeks here, right? Last week, Tom Brady comes to D.C., plays a very average game for Tom Brady. And obviously, it's nothing—I mean, everyone, everyone, every talking head in D.C., every person on this show, every person on every show that covers D.C. sports had the—sorry, the had the Patriots—had the Buccaneers winning that game and winning it fairly easily. I mean, it's sad to say, but fairly easily— and the football team handled business, and they, they looked pretty good doing it. Uh, Chase goes down, and then ultimately we start hearing, okay, well, well, how does the team recover from losing Chase? One school of thought says you can't. He's too good of a talent, even though he's having a down season. We'll see what happens. The other school of thought, which personally I, I'm starting to buy into, you know, I was on the fence, but I'm starting to buy into it, especially after today's performance against the Panthers. There's something to be said about team ball. And, and when you lose, when you lose an all-pro just super talent like Chase is, you know, again, stats aside, from a talent perspective, no one's going to question just how good he is. I mean, he's got the raw skills to be disruptive. He's got the skills to get to the quarterback. He can cover in the flat as well. So, you know, it's unfortunate he went down. But today, this defense is coming into a game facing you know, arguably one of the top three, top two, top four, top five at worst running backs in the game in, in Christian McCaffrey and CMC and Cam Newton, who you say what you want, he, he's still able to play the position. Uh, You know, it, it is it is somewhat comical that Carolina basically traded him or walked away from him uh, a few seasons ago, and it was going to be Kyle Allen and then it was gonna be uh and then they traded obviously for for bridgewater and then it's Sam darnold and now it's back to cam so that franchise got a lot of money tied up in the quarterback position he's he, right now cam is being paid to replace himself, which is a very that's that's a mess and and thankfully here in d c we're not in that that situation here although we have a revolving carousel of characters and players but Taylor is right now the starter, and he played you know two games now back to back well enough to win and and i think I put this on Twitter a little short while ago, and I see some people are commenting on it. What's going to be lost here in the stats, because it's a win, Taylor only completed 16 passes. He only attempted 22. He completed 16 total. And, and I think there's something there. It's not going to be discussed, you know, at nauseum this week, that he only completed 16. Three of them went for touchdowns. You know, 25% or and half percent of his passes were, were touchdowns today, or completed passes were touchdowns today. Um, but, but... He played well enough to win. The story coming into this game really was going. It was all about Carolina. I don't think most people, you know, the talking heads nationally, I don't think people expected the football team to be able to beat Carolina in Carolina, given that you know the defense, Carolina defense. I think was ranked what sixth overall, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think so. Sorry, no, no, they're ranked uh, second, second ranked defense overall. That that's a pretty good defense. If I, I mean. OK, we'll we'll see what the football team is going to be able to do. They definitely struggled at, at some parts today or some points in the game today to, to string together or keep drives alive. But then at, at other times, especially to open the third quarter, man, it, it was very reminiscent of last week against Tampa Bay. They just came out and just methodically moved down the field as if like on a mission or with purpose. And they looked great doing it. They looked like it was a balanced win, and that—that's the you know I know most people can't see all my notes here, but the word that repeat that just kind of keeps repeating over and over in my notes, balance, balance on on offense. You know, Heineke didn't have to complete more than sixteen passes. It would have been nice if he had hit you know McLaurin. I think there was a there was a twenty yard uh, route that that was a he missed him high across the middle of the field, and then he missed him for the for the touchdown as well. I mean. And we'll we'll get into that a little bit when we get a little bit into the into the details quarter by quarter or at least to the spirit of quarter by quarter, but you, you, again, you look at this and and again, for me, balance. It's balance, 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 balance. They were able to consistently run the ball. There was times where they ran the ball four or five plays in a row, uh, swapping in uh, between between Antonio, JD, and uh, we saw we saw quite a bit of Jared Patterson today. And, and you know, I think some of that is probably due to Antonio putting. You know, fumbling in the red zone. Maybe we weren't supposed to see Jared Patterson carry the ball seven times, but they, they ran the ball effectively. Uh, Antonio averaged five yards a carry. McKissick over six. Uh, Taylor also, when he scrambled, when he tucked and ran, he, he looked pretty good doing it. D- doing the same. I mean, and there was there was one that was a called play late in the game in the fourth quarter. I think it was on uh, second and eleven or second and twelve. A designed a designed run or sweep for the quarterback that looked perfect. Perfect. Stayed in bounds. Clock keeps running, and then, of course, a couple plays later, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Antonio Gibson fails to do the same. He, he actually doesn't stay in bounds. He doesn't get the first down. He doesn't stay in bounds. The clock stops, and we'll, we'll we'll get into all that. But let's go just kind of from the jump here. Coming into the game, coming into the game, there was a couple things that the Washington football team we we had we had talked about that they had to do. They had to do coming. They had to control the clock. Number one, control the clock consistently. This season, the games that the football team has been able to stay competitive in and ultimately win, they have either been in a in a timeshare or some some there was some type of equilibrium as far as the amount of time they had the ball, or they just straight dominated time of possession. And in today, I think they held they had the ball. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, for just over 36 minutes. So. That's a 10-minute advantage or, you know, nine minutes and change advantage over the Carolina Panthers. So they did that, you know. So we'll put, put one in the win, in the win column there. Coming in, control the clock, limit the turnovers. Taylor, he had a couple get away from him. There was one that obviously he had nothing to do with. Antonio Gibson in the red zone, you, you just can't fumble a ball in the red zone. And you look at the score and you, you think, okay, 27-21, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance that the score is closer to 35 points. Uh, you know, if, if if Antonio doesn't fumble, maybe they get a touchdown. At worst, you know, Joey's been kicking great. At worst, they get three more points. It's 30 to 21. It's a little bit more of a, well, we won't say convincing win, but a more all-around win. I think it's it, they'll, they'll feel a little bit better about hitting 30. Regardless, okay, I mean, one turnover, you should be able to survive one turnover in the, in the modern NFL, and they did. Uh, ultimately, it just sucks that it came in the red zone on a drive where he was running hard and running really well. And on top of that, I, I really don't know what to make of the fumble itself because it, it looked literally looked like the defender as he was coming. I, I'm blanking on the name of the Panther that was coming through the line. He literally just came through the line and he just pulled on his fingers and the ball came out. And, and Sanchez, uh, um, who was calling the game for Fox... Later in the broadcast, that was, the fumble was in the second quarter. Later, I think it was in the late third quarter, uh, I made a note that uh, Mark Sanchez actually commented that Antonio Gibson is still running with a very loose grip on the ball. And we've seen him fumble in key moments now several times. The, the one that, that just, there's a couple that stand out. The, the, the most notable to me, for whatever reason, is the one in week one against the Chargers. I mean, that, that was, again, like you can't give up the ball in your own end of the field, in, inside the 20. The Chargers ended up scoring. But this one... You know, today against the Panthers, the team was rolling. I mean, they were driving, and he had back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, or maybe there was one pass sprinkled in there. He had like 30 yards just on that drive uh, with with a chance to get a touchdown. He fumbles. He gets pulled from the game. We see McKissick. We see Patterson. We see other people run the ball. He, he basically doesn't come back into the game or into the game plan until about halfway through the third quarter, which was kind of interesting as well. So the keys coming in for the football team, control the clock, limit the turnovers. Convert half of your first downs. And this is one that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about here, okay? So the football team comes in atrocious, absolute garbage on third down. And, and if you throw in fourth down, ironically, they're, they're impressive on fourth down. But overall, they're not converting at a clip that, that is healthy enough to, to say that they are doing it well um, or comfortably. Okay, most, most times, you see them in a third and seven, third and eight. FP and I talked about this, it's going to be third and not because they're going to run a four-yard route or whatever. They're not going to get those yards. Today, they go six for 13 on third down, but they do go two for two on fourth. And both of the fourth down conversions were were quite impressive. One went to Humphreys, and I believe the other one went to Bates, if I'm not mistaken. Both were throws. Both were timely. Both were key. So six for 13 on, on third down. They go two for two on fourth down. So we're talking about you know what? Eight for fifteen. They actually went over fifty percent. We'll take it, right? I mean, it, it, they ran sixty-five plays. Eight of them happened to be on third or fourth down. You're gonna take that. I mean, from a stats perspective, it's not. It's still not, you know, amazing. But they don't have to be amazing. It's an it's an average team playing against an uh, an above average defense that today performed not not like themselves. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Carolina just didn't look like the defense that we've seen in weeks in weeks past so control the clock check limit the turnovers check convert on half the third down attempts yeah i think we're going to give it to them again you know third and fourth down efficiency when combined together they look good we'll take it and then we have the the fourth key or, or the the kind of the, the last nugget was get over 20 points and they did that and and you know 27 is a if you score 27 points in the modern nfl you're going to probably win more games than you're going to lose in reality, again, this team probably had 30 or maybe 35 in them. If Gibson doesn't fumble on that drive in the second quarter, there's a couple of other opportunities probably where there was a drop. Like there was a couple things that happened that maybe, 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 maybe they get a little bit more. But a win is a win. 27 is more than 21. So put that in the win column for the football team. On the flip side, on the flip side, we talk about the Panthers just for a minute here. The Panthers coming in, I, I, you know, as somebody who watches a fair amount of football, and, and I'm not a red zone guy. So, like, when I sit down to watch a game, I'm, I'm watching one game usually, sometimes two, depending on what's on, uh, you know, what's on the CBS affiliate here in DC. And then, you know, at, as the night progresses, or once, once my football team is done ruining my Sunday in most cases, uh, well, six out of the 10 weeks. I will, you know, I'll flip over. I'll watch some of the national talking head shows. I, I, I do enjoy NFL primetime still. I don't know why I get a kick out of Boomer, but um, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about the football team tonight. Um, you know, minus the sound effects, which I, I I can't, I mean, they've been annoying me for most of my adult life, but whatever, I'll, I'll keep watching for some reason. And, um, you know, and, and I'm I'm interested to see what the 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 big NBC folks have to say as well. Primarily, Drew Brees. I think he's I think he's a really good analyst, and I'm curious to get hit, just to see if they even discuss Washington now that they've improved to four and six. Um, you know, in light of what happened around the league, and and not to get too far ahead of ourselves here in DC, but there was a lot of craziness in the NFL today. I mean, it's all over the league. The Eagles were facing the Saints. You know, obviously, right now the the, the football team is below. The Eagles in the standings, even though we haven't played head-to-head. But coming into the week, the Eagles were 4-6. and six. They improved to 5-6 and six today with a very, very impressive win. And that pains me to say, to be honest. But it's a very impressive win over the Saints. I mean, the Saints were coming in with the top-ranked rushing defense. We saw them earlier in the season. I mean, they were giving up, what, 70 yards, 80 yards a game? They got dunked on for like 200 today. I mean, who, who had that? Who had that? Happen? I, I didn't have that. You know so the Eagles they beat up on the Saints who were in wild card playoff contention right with a game up on on the the football team and you know the Packers the Packers lost a weird one to the Vikings and, and I've said this too like the Vikings they're they are much better than a five in five team and Kirk is having arguably his best season as a pro. That team is not a five in five team. They've lost at least three games at the buzzer or close to it in an overtime. I mean, they they lose in very, very painful ways. That game is probably going to be the game of the week. I would imagine that the NFL Network is going to replay it, the, the Packers-Vikings game. But the Packers go down as the top seed. The Panthers go down, obviously, because the football team beat them. And the Saints lose. So if you're doing the grasping, reaching, difficult, you know, calculus, uh, football calculus, playoff calculus for the football team, they're actually in a... A desirable position right now with a with a bulk of with a lot of NFC, you know, competition still ahead, you know, but you look again around the NFL. OK, the Eagles win. I didn't have that. But OK, we haven't played them head to head yet in the a, in the NFC. The Packers lose the Panthers, obviously, again, lose the Saints lose. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Cowboys. Uh, they're, they're playing right now against the uh, the Chiefs and losing at the moment. And in the AFC, I mean the Titans and the Bills, and and I feel embarrassed to say this because I keep I keep coming back to the Bills as a team that's going to be around, and you know that that the football team kind of held their own against, even though they got blown out, but they, they got some points and they, they didn't look they didn't it was respectable by the end of the game, maybe maybe you could argue that I would argue that because I'm a football team fan, but I mean there's big teams that lost everywhere today. I mean it, by the time the, the the late window closes, the playoff picture is going to look very different. As we sit here, you know, halfway or almost, almost halfway through week ten, with uh, you know a, a a Monday night game tomorrow night that will have implications for the NFC East as well. So it's a very interesting. Tomorrow's going to be an interesting victory Monday, and and again around DC, all every show is going to be rah rah with callers calling in, and ours included, with people saying, well, if you can get this win and you can get this win, and okay, and we can we can entertain all those, and it you know it's not my favorite radio but I'm happy to, I'm happy to listen to it for a little bit and, and give in and 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 talk about it too I'm more interested in the games that could have been and and there's an irony there because you can't go backwards but what if what if you know they had held their own and actually beat the Broncos a team that they they should have been able to beat right 4 and 6 at 5 and 5 you feel you feel a lot better at this stage in the season right you know the Chiefs did not have a, a particularly great game when they came to DC uh, that you could argue that, that it was somewhat winnable until in, you know, the third, fourth quarter or towards the, towards the end of the game. Okay. That, that could have been a win. And the saints is the other one, right? I think the saints game is ultimately the one that's going to come back to hurt the football team because again, direct competition, wild card. I, I expect the Tampa to find, you know, to get their, their sea legs under them and go, to go into New York and win. So I, I don't think ultimately the saints have a shot at their, at their division, but they're going to be comfortably into the playoff mix. I, I believe uh, oh, that that's of course can Trevor Simeon keep this up. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes with that as well. But back to the football team, they got some breaks that they needed today. Okay, there's some teams that they needed to lose lost. The Eagles at this point in the season, they got them they got them by a game, but they haven't played each other head to head, and the head to heads are going to matter. So some things are definitely breaking in the football team's favor at the moment. At the moment. But this game in particular today against the Panthers, I, I think there's some things that they have to be able to repeat if they're going to be successful m- moving forward. And and I want to I want to frame this part of the conversation. Uh, and again, if anyone's uh, wants to call in, the phone lines are open eight five five nine zero eight five six six eight, or you can drop comments. I see some comments coming in. Some of them are just uh, not appropriate, or I'm not going to read them. Uh, there's a couple that came in here. One from. Uh, razzle dazzle says uh, as a great team win can they do it again yeah i i I think they can i also see a comment coming in here from someone named harley 223 harley thanks for the comment football team played a complete game arguably their best offensive game of the season although the point total is low yeah i i think you can make that claim i i i think that's a fair assessment they ran the ball today very well i mean the the football team out rushed let me say this differently football team I think had a total of 180 yards through the air and almost 200 or 195 on the ground that's not common in in the NFL that's really not common for this team usually you're going to need your quarterback to do more but you know they don't they had around 370 yards total offense and almost 200 of them were, were rushing yards and conversely again from a defensive perspective against the Panthers Panthers line up at I mean cam Newton say what you want or what you will about him, he, he can still play the position. The offense may be different. He can still step in and sling the ball. I think he is... I don't want this to sound disparaging, but he's probably better even coming in off the street than Sam Darnold is at this point in time, Had if he was healthy. I know Sam started super hot, but you know Sam has always been very streaky, and it seems like defenses can figure him out a little bit. Cam is still... Cam Newton... And, and I, I know some people aren't going to like this, but like as much as I want him to be successful, I can't cheer for him. I, I mean, and it has nothing to do with his team playing against my team, against the football team today. There's just something about the, the Superman thing and the I'm back screaming on the sideline. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if you need to do all of that, right? Like, think about this, right? He, he scores a touchdown today in the, I think it was in the second quarter, um, where he basically just keeps the ball on a read option and, and outruns, uh, I think it was Cam Curl. Um, you know, Cam Curl was cheating towards the inside, and, and Cam runs runs him, basically just outruns him to the corner, to the pylon. And he scores a touchdown, and it was a very good play, 20-ish yards or so, rushing touchdown for Cam Newton. And, and in my mind, all right, like in my mind, I turned away from the TV because I'm expecting him to, to run to the camera in the end zone or maybe to the stands and then do the, the Superman thing. And because you know it's coming, he, he's very predictable in that regard, right? Well, what does he do? Does he hand the ball to a teammate? Maybe celebrate together? No. Does he even do the Superman thing in you know where he's standing? No. He has to make it all about himself. He takes the ball and sprints, sprints to the middle of the field to the fifty-yard line to spike it and do the the, the 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 Superman celebration while screaming at at himself or at the air. Uh, by himself, just standing there by himself, and I, I will never understand that, and I will never support that. It just it, you're hardwired to care if you if you care if you care more about yourself as opposed to your team, there's just something that bothers me about that right and and again, it's a great individual play, but how much more would it have meant for his teammates? If he celebrated, he, again, do, do your do your stupid celebration, but just do it with everyone standing around you. Why why remove yourself from that celebratory place in the end zone where you just scored? Why, why take yourself out to the middle of the field to make it all about yourself or even more about yourself? Like, I'm just, I've never been on board with that. I just don't like that look. And Cam, for whatever reason, he's never been able to stop. I mean, even in, you know, even last year when he was in, um... You know, last year when he was in, in New England, I mean, he, he he couldn't stop then either, right? It, it's just always about himself, and it's just not something that personally I, I find attractive. I, I don't know what else to say. I would prefer my quarterback celebrate with his team, you know, when something awesome happens. But regardless, coming in, the Panthers, I think their game script was pretty straightforward. Can we get Taylor to make mistakes? Can we get him to throw some picks? Can we get him to hold onto the ball a little bit too long? Well, they succeeded in some of that. Right. I mean, again, if you watch this game, especially in the second quarter, Taylor struggled a little bit to find a groove and he was ducking when he should have been sprinting forward and he was holding onto the ball when he probably should have either buried it. I mean, he took a nasty hit too late in the game where he got twisted up like a pretzel. And it actually, to me, I think they whistled it dead, but otherwise you could have argued that would have been a fumble. I mean, that, that ball was, was moving around. Uh, he got bent over backwards, and I, I forget who it was, but somebody was punching at the ball, and it inevitably did come out. But the Panthers coming in, they wanted to see if they could get to Taylor. I mean, again, they have a top-ranked defense. Could we get to Taylor Heineke? Could we make, can we force him into mistakes? Yes, kind of, today. He missed, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, he missed Terry McLaurin uh, on a 20-, 30-yard route, or maybe 25-yard route or so, in the middle of the field to extend a drive. He missed him high. Uh, back-to-back passes in the end zone, or when they were driving in the fourth quarter, uh, early in the fourth quarter, he, I think he I believe he missed Patterson. Uh, no, he missed Carter in wide to the right, and then he missed McLaurin wide to the left, and McLaurin was wide open. I mean, wide open. So yes, they were able to influence him and 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 get him to to maybe again fade away while making a pass or something of that nature. But ultimately, you know, I don't think people are going to remember that. It was a homecoming for, like, half of the football team as well, which should be noted. And I just saw that comment come in also. Uh, that's from our our pal, our pal uh, Tony 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 just put a comment in saying, you know, people forget that this was a homecoming for more than just Ron. It feels like half the team was from Carolina or spent time in Carolina. And that, that's a good point. Yes, this is true. Right? And we there's a lot of players on the current Washington football team that are holdovers or carryovers or comeovers from – from the Panthers I mean it just that's just what it is um, including Joey sly who who deserves a little bit of love here went two for two he hit all his extra points plus an extra one where they were trying to freeze him or maybe it was a late game I don't remember but you know he, he, for another week we will not discuss the kicker and that's a win in my book because Ron just completely messed that up that situation up with with Hopkins etc so again the keys to the game if you were Carolina coming in can we make Taylor make some mistakes they were We'll say not successful. Obviously, they lost the game. No interceptions, no fumbles. Um, I mean, he Taylor Taylor played. He played as well as anybody could play at the quarterback position when you complete sixteen passes, but throw three of them for touchdowns. Right. So, yeah. Carolina also, I'm sure, came in thinking we got to we should be able to run against this somewhat soft and porous defense, especially you know now that Chase is out. And and again, go back and look at these stats. The rushing stats for Carolina: 111. You know, coming into the game, if I told you that McCaffrey was going to rush for under 60, you would take it. I mean, you would say, "Okay, that, that that'll give us a chance to win." But not only did they do that, they also held Cam. I think let me pull up let me pull up the numbers here so I'm not misquoting. You know, Cam completed 21 passes for under 200 yards, 189 yards. He did get two touchdowns. Cam also ran ten, ran the ball 10 times for 46, including his long uh, 20-yard touchdown or 24-yard touchdown run. So, half of the rushing yards came on one carry. Uh, but, I mean, doesn't matter. He still scored a touchdown on it, of course. But McCaffrey ten carries for fifty nine yards. I mean, six six yards a carry is really nice, but only ten carries. He did most of his damage today as a receiver. Uh, you know, three hundred and fifty four, I believe, career receptions now for him. And, and I mean, they they flashed the uh, the infographic on the screen. I mean, he's the fastest player to do it fifty something games, beating uh, you know setting a new record uh, as opposed to Alvin Kamara, I think, who did sixty did in sixty six games. Uh, but but again, regardless, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he he catches everything, and that and I wrote that in my notes as well. This guy l- literally catches everything. I mean, you can throw it. He's got like like Terry McLaurin type hands. I mean, you can throw it anywhere around Christian McCaffrey, and he's gonna catch it. And if he tucks it, he's gonna run with it. And he has the ability, of course, to make people miss. I mean, he somehow after all this time, he's still underrated. And I know there's some injury woes there, and there's some there's some questions about his toughness and can he survive a you know, full season and whatever, I, I, I hear all that, but watching him for an entire game and f- like really just focusing on, again, not red zone, focusing on one team, one game, he was really impressive to me as well. I mean, he, he, he can make people miss as a running back. He can catch everything when asked to be, uh, you know, a receiver or a receiving option. And you know, the other, the, the player that I thought was going to have more run given again, the, the, I want to say soft, but yeah, soft defense. The football team, that's secondary. I expected more out of Robbie Anderson. I mean, Robbie Anderson catches five for thirty, and his two of them were basically on the last drive of the game. I mean, meaningful catches, but I mean, it's the end of the game. Like, what what happened to him from the jump? I mean, I I expected Robbie. I expected some deep shots from Cam. I, I mean, I, I think he only attempted one pass over thirty yards, which is a little bit surprising. DJ Moore, you know, I know he caught the touchdown. Uh you know, but 7 targets, 5 catches, 50 yards. I mean, it's not a not a bad line. But if you were game planning to play against the Washington football team, knowing that Chase Young is out and this defense is susceptible to the long to long passes. I mean, Landon Collins is playing closer and closer to the box and, and Ron earlier this week driving everybody crazy. You know, it's a safety, it's a it's a nickel, a buffalo buffalo safety or whatever. Like they're going to call it whatever they want to call it. But Landon is playing closer to the line in a, in a, in some hybrid safety, you know, linebacker position, which is perfect actually when you're playing against someone like Christian McCaffrey. So it, it's a, it's, you know, if you were the Panthers, you're thinking, okay, we can come out here. We should be able to complete passes to the sidelines and down the field, especially down the middle of the field. They Cam only attempted one pass, one pass over 30 yards today. That's shocking. I mean, I, I would have never expected that. I would have taken that. I mean, if you told me that before the game, I'd say, why? why? I mean, Robbie Anderson is faster than anyone on the, on the Washington secondary. Anyone. He catches five for 30, and all of them were, you know, dink and dunks. I mean, six-yard average, but the longest, I think, was 12 yards. Uh, sorry, 14 yards, 14 yards, and it was at the end of the game. And it's questionable because it, it didn't look like he got that second foot in. And he did bobble it out of bounds, but that's all besides the point. Right, you know, Tommy Trumbull catches two. Like, there's just something didn't look right about the Carolina Panthers today, and it's, you know, whatever. I mean, the Washington Football Team, they did what they needed to do. They kept Cam in front of them. They kept McCaffrey for the most part in front of them. There was a busted play. Uh, you know, McCaffrey got got free for the t- for his touchdown catch, uh, which was a really impressive passing catch. But Cam Newton had, you know, again, it, you couldn't have picked a better team for him to start against coming back, and and honestly, like. Who, who had cam who had cam only completing 21 passes against the football team there's no way there's no way and, and and again the football team needed everything to go right for them to win this game they needed to be able to control the ball limit the turnovers they needed to be able to create some type of pressure maybe turn maybe create their own turnovers or, or get cam to make some mistakes they got most of that done today and they looked good doing it again without chase young especially again without chase young and in you can say what you want about his performance thus far in the season, right? And statistically, and the him and the Montez and chasing the sack records and all that noise, but you're removing a, a a top two, three, five caliber talent. You're taking him off the field and asking everyone else on the defense to step up. Jonathan Allen stepped up today. Deron Payne played a good game, including the the sack. Or that I think they only gave him a half sack to close out the game on fourth down, sacking Cam Newton to end the game. So again like the defense the defense looked better than expected considering considering the the opponent, right? I mean I expected McCaffrey to touch the ball. I if I'm the head coach, right? If if I'm the head coach of the Panthers, I'm going to run Christian McCaffrey 25 times and wear down wear just literally just wear down the Washington football team defense. They didn't do that. If I'm if I'm coming in and game planning against the football team, I'm going to tell Cam Newton, hey, they don't have corners that can cover 30 yards down the field. And they have a safety who is allergic to pass coverage. Uh, so when you see him cheat up to play his Buffalo nickel thing, where he's trying to take away McCaffrey or, or your tight end, audible out and throw the ball 30 yards down the field. Someone is going to be able to outrun Cam Curl or whoever is is being asked to to cover Downfield, it's not going to be Landon Collins because he, like I said, he's allergic to pass defense. So for Robbie Anderson to not get targeted more than twenty yards down the field, for DJ Moore basically again to not have the opportunity to catch and run against a secondary a secondary that's very susceptible to it, those are all wins, and the football team deserves a lot of credit for it. And Jack Del Rio in particular, who I think many people have seen that ship sail out of town and are, are anxiously awaiting a new defensive coordinator. He he definitely he definitely made some adjustments at halftime. And he looked the defense looked prepared coming out. You know, and I've I've given Ron a hard time many, many times for choosing to defer or starting on defense. The football team and the Packers coming in today lead the league in first possession touchdowns, opening possession touchdowns. And it it certainly looked like it was trending that way. Um you know, and it, and I mean, ultimately, that's where that's where we ended up, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It looked like it. And then it happened. And, uh, you know, about halfway through the first quarter. Or sorry, about 10 minutes into the first quarter. Uh, sorry, five minutes in the first quarter, around 10 minute mark. Uh, Cam with the fake handoff keeps it afloat. Just an awesome play, actually, is it it a really well designed play. And I'm surprised we didn't see more of it, to be honest. You know, Cam faked the handoff to McCaffrey. And then faked the keep, run up the middle, and then tossed it to DJ Moore for a touchdown. And it, that was the type of play where you basically can freeze the front four completely. The secondary, again, is susceptible to pretty much anything. Anytime you do a pump fake, or it, or just look them, you can look them off pretty much. And, and they have improved. Fuller's, Fuller played a much better game today as well. You know, but that was an impressive play, o- opening drive. They got their points to start the game. And again, if you're Carolina, you got the second-ranked defense in the league. Like, this is a defense that can, that can ball against an offense that really cannot even though they've looked they've looked apart in in spurts like series or maybe quarters but not long stretches and you know on the opening possession if i'm not mistaken the it starts with gibson running for four then he goes for two and then there's a throwaway on third and it's a punt three and out and you know i i remember i I turned to, to uh some of the guys i was watching the game with and i said like this that's not the type of drive that you want to start this game with, given that the Panthers have the capability like cam is going to do his cam bid he's going to do the Superman thing he wants to show out he wants to beat the coach that wouldn't bring him back or bring him to his team like for cam again because he's all about himself, you know cam was going to give you his best and okay like I, I I expected it to go a little bit worse, but coming back, Washington forces a three and out. And they did it in convincing fashion. McKissick then is on the field at that point. And, you know, that's right after Gibson's fumble. And, and, and I think it, this is one of those things where Antonio Gibson is going to be, he's going to be as successful in this league as, as his ability to stop fumbling. Because he can run. And he, he's converted to the running back position. He knows how to read a defense. He knows how to pick up a blitz, even though he's a little bit undersized. But he can do it. You can split him out and ask him to play receiver or or at least go catch a ball, even though they don't really do that a lot. They they prefer McKissick in that role. He can Gibson's shifty enough to make people piss in, miss in the backfield. He's tough enough, and we saw it today consistently. Gets hit, grinds out a couple more yards. Gets hit, grinds out some more yards. But we've also seen him, unfortunately, fumble in very, very terrible, terrible circumstances or under terrible in in terrible situations, including when your team is down seven, you know, the the halfway through the first quarter, towards the end of the first quarter, you can't fumble the ball. And you really can't fumble the ball after you you've steamrolled, you know, players on back-to-back drives. It's your third carry in a row. You're thinking touchdown, you're thinking at least one red zone opportunity to get in and get a touchdown. Not not to say that the players care about fantasy, but you know, as a player, especially as a running back, like you want to score. And you and, and at that point in the drive. Antonio Gibson is largely responsible for them being in the red zone because he's and he he's the one that got them there. So to fumble in such a anticlimactic and just weak way and and that's it's a tough word to hear but it's the truth. It was just a weak play. He's running through the line. Someone literally, literally, the defender, the Carolina Panthers defender, grabbed his fingers on the ball and just opened his palm. It's something. It's like a game you would play with your kids. Like here, like make a fist and see if you can open my fist. That's that's that was my initial thought. Like, how can you fumble with such, light like contact? And, but that's what happened, you know? And that's what happened. And to end the first quarter, I think it should be noted as well, another just absolute circus catch from Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin continues to prove time and time again, not, not only is he the best receiver that we've had here in D.C. for many, many years, many years. And you, you could, the list is getting shorter and shorter when we talk about his accomplishments through X number of games, with this uniform on his back, with this team's colors on his back. He's on a trend. He's on a trajectory where, where he he is going to achieve some pretty amazing things um, individually and do some really amazing things for this franchise. Taylor threw a you know a 50-50 ball at best towards the sideline to end the first quarter. Terry makes an adjustment. The ball was in the air, it seemed, for like five minutes. And I remember thinking, this is going to get picked off or he's just going to let it sail over his head. He made an adjustment. He made the grab. He brought it down. That's what kept the drive ultimately alive. Um, you know, and then it, 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 obviously the second quarter, I mean, the second quarter starts at that point. And that, that's when um, Taylor zipped the pass. And I mean zipped. Probably the hardest thrown pass I've seen him throw as a pro, with the exception of the Ricky Seals touchdown in week 2 against the Giants in the corner. That was a zippy pass as well. But he's I mean Taylor absolutely zipped the pass to uh to Cam Sims for the touchdown to tie the game up at 7-7. And I remember at that point thinking, all right. This defense that the, Pan- the Panthers defense is is probably not as good as their stats say they are, and the Washington defense if they can just kind of keep Cam in front of them and CMC from going bananas, no long runs, no long completions, then there might be a shot here to win the game. And ultimately, that, that's that's what happened, right? But this was a, comp- again, it's a complete win. And, and I don't know how to say it any other way. You To beat a team, like these are two teams that are as equally matched as you could basically could have, right? They have, uh, one has a much better quarterback and running back, um, But that quarterback, nobody really knows how good he could be at this point. Um, You know, CMC is in a different league. The defense is great. The special teams, I think you could you could maybe say the special teams for, for Washington between the punting and even the field goal kicking, just a smidge better than Carolina. But this was a winnable game. And, I, like, you know, it was a 50-50 game. I know Ron wanted to win. He obviously lost his head-to-head, head-to-head matchup last year here in D.C., so he wanted to get this game, but it was critical for the for the football team to get this game, and they got it. You know, twenty seven, twenty one. And again, like, what what if they had beat the Broncos, right? A team that they that they are better than that they should have and been able they should have been able to beat. What what if they beat the Broncos? Um, you know, what if they hold their own just a little bit better against the Saints? What if they what if they win the Chargers in Week One? That was a very winnable game as well. I mean, we we forget they only lost that game by four points, and it was due to a fumble. Late in the game, in, in our own or in the Washington football team territory, Gibson puts the ball down, Herbert gets it back and scores a touchdown. But overall, you know, they were trending towards a victory in that game. So if it's just the Chargers and the Broncos, you go from four and six, you go five and five, you go the other way now. You're six and four. And we're having a totally different conversation here as we look forward about what this team can and can't do as far as making noise in the division and potentially qualifying for the playoffs, right? Right. And, and there's a comment coming in here from, from John Jay. If this team wins one or two more games looking back or one or two more moving forward, they should soundly be in the playoff mix given the NFC opponents they have to face. Yeah, 100% true. And this is where I ha- I mentally and, and emotionally have to pump the brakes and say, hey, I don't know if we're ready to have this conversation. The team is four and six. They're inconsistent on... on, on offense they're playing better defensively they have improved I think you can say that they've improved defensively almost every game now for the past month Antonio Gibson is running the ball better I know he's still playing with that injured shin but he's looking better Terry McLaurin continues to shine and the quarterback play it's not spectacular but it's not costing them games either I mean the team was able to beat Tom Brady the team was able to beat uh today Cam Newton the team was in the mix to beat Justin Herbert, essentially, effectively with the same with the same quarterback, right? I mean, I, I know Fitz started that game, but Heineke played the majority of it. So, do we want to talk about what happens next? I mean, is is it worth considering where they go from here? I think it's worth considering. I mean, it, we're grasping, and I think we need to be honest with ourselves as well. The team is four and six, and they're chasing a whole bunch of teams, and they've lost the teams that they will. Probably have needed those tiebreakers you know to be competitive with right I mean the, the, the Saints tiebreaker in particular is going to really hurt they have one on the Falcons although they're falling apart um, you know the Bucks really isn't the that Bucks and Packers are, they shouldn't factor in I think both of those teams will win their divisions respectively but yeah I mean looking forward they do have the tiebreaker now against the Panthers they have one game against the Giants I don't think the Giants will factor in too much as well but you know they only have the football team. Only has one team, one AFC team on the schedule. One, and that's the Raiders. And that might be a winnable game. I know it's uh, it's it's in it's in Vegas, and hopefully our our very humble show will be there live, which would be pretty cool. Uh, who, I mean, who says no to Vegas, right? But outside of the Raiders on December fifth. The rest of the games are against NFC teams. Most notably, of course, is two against the Cowboys and two against the Eagles. So yeah, the mathematically, until they lose some of those games, I mean, the, the Raiders game, they can lose it and still be in the, in the playoff mix, uh, you know, in, in the NFC playoff mix. But the Seahawks next week on Monday night, that's a big game. That's a big game. And the way the Seahawks are playing, even right now, that's a team that they should be able to beat right and I, and i say that and i'm it's hard for me to say that because again if you're a fo- if you're a if you're a football team fan prior to the name change i don't know if they actually added any after the name change i don't know if anybody woke up and said oh i'm going to be a football team fan but if you were you know riding with the uh, with the skins or with the football team, going back as far as I can remember, most notably, I think, in 2006, the Seahawks have been the reason that the football team has either not made the playoffs or fumbled out of the playoffs or been derailed in the playoffs consistently. This is a team that D.C. just struggles against. And for the last, what, decade, it feels like, about 2012, when, when when Russ came into the league, the Seahawks have been, you know, one of the better teams, better franchises, better coach teams, just talent, top to bottom, Legion of Boom. And then for a while, they, Marshawn, I mean, they've, they've always had DC's number. Well, that's not the case this year. And they look like a team that can, can be beat. And if the football team can do that, they can make this two-game win streak a three-game win streak. I think the national narrative around the football team will start to change very quickly especially if it's in somewhat if it's in similar fashion to how they won today no turnovers 200 yards of rushing split amongst you know all the different ball carriers no interceptions from Taylor and a sound defensive game that means Landon is not leading the team in tackles or frankly any any of the secondary players are shouldn't be leading the team in tackles I, I think today uh, Cam curl played Arguably his his best game of the season. He did lead the way with seven. Uh, William Jackson played a complete game. Three tackles for him. Cole Holcomb played better than I think most people anticipated. I think there there should be some Cole Holcomb love throughout DC. I think he's he's never gonna shine and 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 really just you know knock your socks off, but he's as consistent as they come. I mean, you know exactly what you're getting from from Cole week in and week out and he played he played a fair game today. We we saw we saw a fair amount of Jamin Davis. There was a couple mistakes, uh, you pulling people forward on a tackle. There's a couple things here and there. He's still starting to he, he's I don't know if he's coming around fully. I don't know if you if you can call him. I don't think it's fair to call him a bust. I mean, he, I mean he's a he's still a rookie, of course, but we're starting to see him more and more and and I like that. And I I really like again, I Landon Collins is a friend of the show. We've had a chance to talk to him in the past. He's, he's a really cool dude. It I like that I, he's not near the top of the tackle list, right? That that means that he wasn't he wasn't chasing. He was where he needed to be. Um, and, and similarly for Kendall Fuller, Kendall Fuller I think only got targeted three times uh, in the entire game today. Um, I mean Cam just wasn't looking at Fuller. They they were really trying to pick a little bit more on on Cam Curl and, and Danny Johnson, or, or th- that's the way they were leaning anyway, and against the, the 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 linebackers as well. But defensively, the team the team played a good, good team game. And if they can replicate that against the Seahawks to improve next week on Monday night, and there, there's the whole primetime curse, and we could talk about that next week, that's not for now. You know, yeah, I mean, th- this team will have, meaningful games again regardless of what happens with the raiders but they can beat the raiders but regardless of what happens with the raiders if they split with the cowboys and eagles and get that last one against the giants they're going to be in the mix and this game against the panthers is going to help the game against the saints is going to hurt but they're going to be they're going to be relevant and and i think you know again if you're a dc fan i'm a dc fan the worst thing is when we're talking about nothing in december when we're talking about March and the upcoming draft in December in in December. Nobody wants to do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Given the new playoff format the extra team that gets in this team is going to be relevant. This team is going to be relevant into December and I think if we're honest with ourselves and we go back in time to the beginning of the season and say do you think do you want the team or do you believe that the team will be relevant at the end of the season? The answer is yes we expect them to be relevant. I think after probably after the the Bills game, the Saints game, the Chiefs game, the answer would have been something else, but look at it holistically. I mean, how many how many teams had them with five wins 10 games through the season, right? The most notable or most winnable of the bunch being the Chargers. How many people had them beating the Bucks or even the Panthers for that matter. So I think if if you're a football team fan and if you're if you're one of the 150 people or so listening to the show right now, uh live, which is kind of cool, I'm gonna say you probably like me want them to be relevant. And we're expecting them to be somewhere between four and six wins, somewhere around five wins, ten games into the season. But no one no one had them beating the Bucs. And to follow that up coming out of a bye with a win against the Panthers, I think that's a plus. And I think it should be noted as a plus. And I think people should hang their hat on that and say, this team can play down the stretch. They have winnable games still on the schedule. And if they play team defense in particular, the offense, we know, and we've seen it all season long, they can go and get points. There's one or two anomalies, most notably the Broncos, but the Broncos game where they should have been able to get more points. Washington should be in the conversation and in the mix. Seattle shouldn't scare anybody. Honestly, the Raiders are scarier because they got two running backs that can run the ball. They have a tight end who's going to run all over the place, uh, you know, against the football team. The, the Seahawks, I mean, yes, they have DK Metcalf. I mean, if but but someone has to throw him the ball, and right now Russell Russell Wilson just doesn't look like the Russell Wilson that we've come to see and watch over the last you know ten years. So you know, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting home stretch for the team. I think it will be anyway. Um, so we touched on obviously all the high points for the Washington football team. I touched on some of the low points for the Panthers. I think if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably looking at this and saying, wow, this, this game against the the football team is probably the one that's going to keep us out of the playoffs. They're going to have to get a whole bunch of games down the stretch themselves now, you know, but that's the beauty of the NFL, right? Any, any team on any given Sunday can beat any other team. and, again it's it's a crazy leak i mean right now in the in the late games in the late window the chiefs are all over the cowboys i mean the chiefs haven't really looked like the chiefs they've been on and off they they they've been a mix of good and bad literally game by game week by week right now they're all over the cowboys if the if that result holds well that's going to make things a little bit more interesting in the NFC East as well you know right now the the, the Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals are basically, they're, they're tied to one possession game with uh, Vegas driving. Vegas is five and four. I mean, again, they're one game or two games, or one and a half games better than the football team. Like, why isn't it a winnable game? It is a winnable game. It should be a winnable game for the football team. I don't think they have any truly unwinnable games left on their schedule. The last one likely was Brady and the Bucks. But they beat them. They beat them. So, you know, I I wish we still had a team song because I would be playing it. I'd I'd be playing it nonstop, going in and out of breaks, and and just, you know, it's 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 kind of odd actually that we don't have a team song here anymore in DC, and it kind of stinks because it's you know with one name change, one one signing of the pen a piece of paper with a pen, whatever, you know, the song goes away. the 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 colors stay. Some of the history just kind of fades away. But, you know. Why why can't they why can't they why why can't the football team beat the Seahawks? What about the Seahawks makes them so scary? Especially here at home. Assuming that we get a fair amount of, of DC fans into the stands. I know it's I know it's a Monday night. I know in DC nobody wants to battle traffic to get into Maryland. I know nobody wants to go to that stadium. I know. I know all of those things. But this team can win that game. It's a primetime game. All the eyeballs will be on us and they have time to prepare. I mean, they have a they have one extra day to get right. I'm sure they're I'm sure all of them are sitting there or maybe maybe post treatment, post game treatment, etc. I would imagine Tuesday or Wednesday coach Ron's going to have him sit down and watch the the Seahawks game in full and start talking about well how we can beat them. Because I think they can beat them. This isn't a we need to control them situation. This is a how do we go out there and pummel them? The Seahawks can't stop anybody from running on them. The, the, their defense is just as leaky as the football team's defense. Why can't Gibson get 100 yards? Why can't McKissick add another 25 or 30? Why? It's possible. It's possible. You know why can't Jared Patterson, you know, get 5 carries for 20, 25 yards, maybe a, a you know, a cheap touchdown here or there or you know, late in the game. I think it's possible. And I think the team is good enough to do it. The 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 stats that people won't focus on are the things that people won't really pay attention to because it was a win. I think there's two. I think it's Taylor only completing 16 passes. And I think it's Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen, although they were in the mix a lot today, only basically tallying three tackles between the two of them or three and a half tackles between the two of them. I think those two things are, are likely going to be points of emphasis for the team this week. And I and I think there's an opportunity here for them to continue to make noise as the season progresses. And And again, why not? Why not? They're good enough They're good enough to beat the Seahawks. They're good enough to beat the Raiders. They should be able to hang with the Cowboys, although the Cowboys right now are getting pummeled by the Chiefs. So, I mean, if, if we get this Cowboys against our football team that played today, it, it'll, it's a toss-up game. I don't right. know if I'd pick them, but, I mean, I think the Cowboys are just better built top to bottom, but it's a toss-up. Eagles, two games, toss-up. Giants, we should beat the Giants, although... It's well documented how well Daniel Jones plays against the uh, the football team, it, assuming he he makes it that far. But you know, let's take one more trip around the box score here for this one as we start to put a bow on this show. Football team travels to Carolina. They go they go down and win twenty seven to twenty one. We have a, a pretty uh, you know balanced game again. I think that's the that's the uh, the word of the day. Right, the team was balanced top to bottom. Taylor completes sixteen passes. Antonio touches the ball, you know, twenty times, nineteen times as a running back, gets just goes just under ninety five yards. If he keeps that ball and doesn't fumble, in, you know, in the first quarter, he probably gets over a hundred and probably gets a touchdown as well, similar to his his output from last week. McKissick another complete game, averaging over six yards per carry. Um, you know, he added one catch, I believe, as well. Terry McLaurin continues to be a monster. And look. It, Terry McLaurin is a monster and we should be extremely excited and happy that he's our monster here in DC. He he is he is on another level. He, I'd love to see him catch the ball in stride where he can actually use his speed. Remember his nickname Scary Terry was not because he had uh huge hands and could jump up and catch everything. That that's what he's turning into. But Scary Terry, you know, when Jay Gruden kind of coined the name and kept him under wraps, it was all about keeping it was he didn't want people to know just how fast Terry McLaurin is, and he is fast. And you see it in spurts. You see when he makes his cuts. You see when he gets out and into the into the flat. What he can do uh, with the flood route today is a good example of it. So, can they improve? Can they find a way to get him the ball in stride and let him run with the ball, yards after catch, as opposed to just jumping up contested catches? I think that's probably going to continue to be a point of emphasis on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, it, it, they kept they kept CMC, you know. Uh, planted under under 50 yards or under 60 yards running yes he or rushing yes he did have he did have a bunch um through the air but cam newton outside of one really long run and one really good throw he i mean we'll see we'll see if that's the new cam newton or if it was the, this defense it really just able to harass him and and make him uncomfortable For, if you're a carolina fan i think the story and and probably on the national stage I don't think the talking heads are going to care so much about Washington winning this game. I think it's going to be painted as the Panthers lost the game, having an opportunity to beat a, a down team or a team that, that is viewed nationally to be worse than them. And it's going to be painted as a missed opportunity. And and certainly in some cases, it is a missed opportunity. The Panthers, you know, you can't have that good of a defense and then let let the football team come in and put 27 on you. But, you know... The national story is going to be Cam Newton celebrating by himself. It's going to be how, you know, is he really, has he really changed? Is he really humble? Does he really care about his team, et cetera? It's unfortunate, but that's what's going to happen. So anyway, it's a win. It's a DC win, 27-21. We'll take it. We improved to 4-6 and six here in DC with the Seahawks coming up next in a primetime spot next week. For everyone that has hung out with me for the last hour, I appreciate it very very much. Thank you to the Contender Network for carrying the show. And if you just found the show on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube, click subscribe and stay engaged with us. There's a lot of content we put out, a lot of stuff specific to the football team, the Wizards who look amazing, the Capitals who are red hot. And when in season, we we talk quite a bit of baseball as well. My name is Joe. This show is Defeating the Curse. We thank you very very much for hanging out as we talk about this Very important win for the football team. Improving to 4-6 and with some winnable games ahead. This should be a good one. If you don't hear from me until next week or before next week, happy Thanksgiving all around. Let's hope the Cowboys lose. Let's keep this winning streak going. We are 2-0 and in the last two weeks. We will take it. Hail to the team. I guess for now, we're out. Thank you very much. Go football team. 27-21. The show is in the books. See you later. We're out.